Zone with Howden, Carrier shoots, he scores! A laser from William Carrier! Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studio and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Connor falling over, guides it toward Carlson, back to Connor, right wing into the zone. Connor dips through, shooting, he scores! What a move from Paul Connor! This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your home for access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in, Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace, Darren Millard, hanging out inside Team Oval Arena. Chris Chapman back inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215. Home of the... How's it going there, buddy? What's going on, Chapman? You sound a little low on your end. Uh, Everything all right? That wasn't coming through my ears properly. I I worry that some people had to strain to hear you. Woo. (laughs) I I, I hope not, but, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, you ever eat popcorn and you get that, like, little piece that gets stuck? Yeah, you never do it on the day that you're going to be on the radio. Yeah, well, unfortunately, (laughs) every day I'm on the radio and popcorn happens to be my my favorite snack food, so. No, it's it's serious. It's, It's one of the broadcaster rules is play-by-play people or analysts or hosts, you, you don't have the popcorn when you're going to be on the air because there's a better than good chance that somehow that's going to come up and, and cause you vocal issues. Mm. Yeah, As I don't is like in this case. So I'm yeah. good. But, but you know what? I just bought Bruce Cusick a big barrel of it. Did you? Yeah, just to try and Sabotage. sidetrack him. Yeah, yeah. I get it. Cusick came by the the set here in, in 104. Mm-hmm. He's one of a long list of people that just stopped by hoping that we're going to mention his name. Like it's, it's ridiculous. And thank goodness we don't have the extra headset here or else he'd be piling right in. I, I've yet to tell Bruce about the caller that we had a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, that's who, true. Who, who was not happy with his announcements. Power the, the, play. The, play, team's, play. the team's 6-0, and oh, and the caller <laughs> doesn't want the echo on the Envy Energy power play. Power play. play. Mad uh, only at Bruce. Yeah, just just at Bruce, which I understand being mad at Bruce. It. I don't get it. I, I, like, I have no issue with that. Bruce it's the is a being, beauty. Being upset with the power play, the echo thing, all, all that kind of stuff. No, he's, he's coming in. He's going to try and talk. Don't, don't, don't give in to him. What are you just, talking just, about? Just, just let I, him. I said what I said. Bruce is a beauty. I oh, have no issue here. You are such a suck-up. I'm not a suck-up. I like, like Chapman. Bruce. Chapman Bruce and I are buddies. Chapman wouldn't bring me candy into the studio the other day, and you're a suck-up well, You're not suck supposed to, to eat in the, ca- in the studio. Ne- See, now Ryan's got my back know. on this. I don't they, want to be an accessory. They never know. <laughs> you know well, it, Chapman it, gets the email, so he knows that yeah. it's not something we're yeah, allowed I'm, to do. They don't spell my name with two R's. I went in there today for lunch. I had no reason to be in the station. I just went in, grabbed a pizza, went into the studio, and had lunch and left. So, were you the guy who that, threw Huff's uh, sub sandwich in the in the trash? No, it was a oh, pizza. Okay. It, well. was, it was it was a pizza. I, that's what I do. I just <laughs> I stare authority in the face. Yeah, you do. And I shake it down. And then when it comes back to bite you, it's uh, plausible deniability. I don't know. I, don't get, I don't didn't get, get an email. I'm not on the email system. Yeah. Despite Chapman and Ryan telling me 17 times, I I, I don't know. know whether you're only, telling me the truth. Only every day. I'm not the one telling telling you that it's real. I'm just uh, telling you what I've heard. That that's what you guys uh, yeah, are basically see, the, coming the, with. The me. problem yeah. with that defense is this is recorded. There's an air check. So what do you we, mean? Well, no, 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 no. I have, so, I have so, zero faith that this. If is it up to you to record it? It, it it's automatic. So if push comes okay. to shove and they now come to me, trouble. guess what? Yeah. I'm throwing you under the bus. I 
Not if only will I throw you in front of it, if, I'll, if, I'll, I'll pick you up and throw you under it again a second If time. you have to press the red button and record it, then I'm fully on board with, with what I've said. By the way. I don't think that it's going to come back and bite me. Have either of you guys heard the promo that I had that I had made? No, we haven't heard whatever promo you've cut that revolves around yourself. No, it doesn't revolve around me. <laughs> You're on fire today. It's, it's the power play play. It, it, honestly. Oh, it's that one? Yes, yes. How, oh, many, okay. how many promos does he cut that don't involve him on a percentage basis? There's a lot of them. I, how, I, I, I'm, I'm talking to Ryan right now. 15? If I address if I address you, I'll say Chris. Fifteen. Fifteen percent. Yeah, maybe. Oh, that is so low. It's it's way way higher. No, We're I'm talking, saying I'm saying he he's in seventy five to eighty. Seventy five yeah. to eighty percent of them. Yeah, no. absolutely. No. Even, <laughs> even the like the, the the show that you do on the weekends, you're in all those. And I'm like, why why is Chapman in every single promo? And he's only supposed to talk for the last five minutes, <laughs> the which is why we gave him a program. The show that I do on the weekend is my show. No, not that show, the other show. Oh, well, yeah, well, that guy uses me as a crutch. Wow. No, I mean, he does. He, well, he, he, he likes, should go he, get his knees looked at. He, he wants me to be involved. He should go get his knees looked at. We've got a big game tonight. John Shannon, by the way, is going to stop by, too. Uh, we have him coming up in about 25 minutes, uh, 20 minutes time uh, hmm. to chat a little bit about, well, probably life because we haven't talked to him since the Stanley Cup True. final last year. Yep. And so we'll do a little bit of catching up with John. Uh, we'll do a little bit of around the National Hockey League. Uh, I had a great conversation this morning with Nick Kiprios on mm-hmm. the Chirp Podcast. Yep. And we went into one the Ottawa Senator thing, which we dissected yesterday in in detail. But the other part was this whole urging to have neck protection be made mandatory mm-hmm. in the National Hockey League, either a extra piece that you wear around your neck or cut resistance undergarments, uh, a, a turtleneck, uh, something along that line uh, that 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 players wear. There's a conversation taking place between the NHL and the NHLPA. But we did get into why players don't wear it. Like, there's nothing stopping players, every player right now, mm-hmm. from just doing it. Sure. Whether it's in this building, whether it's in Columbus, any of the buildings in the National Hockey League, you can voluntarily wear cut-resistant clothing that covers your neck or a neck protector. Mm-hmm. And we got in-depth, and he explains it really, really well. Mm. And uh, it would take too long to paraphrase, but I encourage you to go listen to it. And Kippy and I don't get along all that often when it comes to player choices. (laughs) And he uses the line, you never played uh, in the league. Then I go back and say, well, uh, I've never stolen a car, but I know it's wrong to steal cars. (laughs) Uh, Solid logic. Well done. I like like uh, it. I've never performed, uh, never gone to medical school, but I've watched somebody uh, resuscitate by by giving compressions. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure I can do that in in a pinch. Uh, So, but he does, I I will give him credit. He breaks this, and it's not just a pro player Mm -hmm. stance. It's both sides of it and he, he does nail it down so uh that's that's available on the chirp right now and it's it's educational why we wouldn't see 38 skaters come out tonight yeah with with neck protection on yeah i i, I am gonna listen to that because I'm, I'm incredibly too, right? intrigued by it because you know to me i i feel like it, it's a no-brainer it's a no-brainer it just makes way too much sense but i'm interested to see some of the arguments and some of the 
the ideas for why that's just that that's not the case. Mm-hmm. And this idea that the PA mm-hmm. and the league are going to work towards a urging of the players to wear it or uh, a mandate. Now it won't go into effect now. It, it won't go into effect next year where every player has to wear it. It'll be like helmets. Mm-hmm. It'd be like visors. It'll be along that line where it'll be grandfathered in. Where the next group, whether it's 2024, bye Bruce, <laughs> whether it's the group in 2025, have to start wearing neck protection. And then every player that comes in the league after that. Mm-hmm. And then eventually you'll become like we do now where every player wears a helmet and every player wears, uh, wear, wears a visor. That is too late for me. I know it's a fluke. Yeah. It's no and and get, get into the to the minor hockey and the the men's league or uh women's league hockey, the recreational aspect, that should be mandatory, but I I I urge you because of the the ability to break it down from a national hockey league player standpoint yeah. is it's enlightening and I understand more now or I'm more willing to accept why we won't have every player tonight protected to the ultimate uh, protection level. Yeah, I, I like I said, I'm, I'm going to give that a whirl. I'm, I'm definitely intrigued to, to find out um, what some of those arguments and what some of those ideas are. And, you know, again, I'm like you. I, I, I hope that and I wish that it could be implemented much, much sooner um, or, or as quickly as possible. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll kind of see how that develops and how it goes. Vegas against Winnipeg, second time this year. Yep. In the first 11 games. That's correct. The second repeat opponent this year. Mm-hmm. They go for the sweep. Uh, didn't accomplish that against the Chicago Blackhawks. That's the, the only team that has managed to take a point against the Vegas Golden Knights. But this uh, this is a Winnipeg team that's lost the last couple, but been in overtime. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been playing better, and they've gone through some adversity uh, with injuries. Uh, they, their their coach uh, had to step away uh, after his wife uh, suffered a complication. Uh, so uh, they they've had some some hiccups along the way. They're they're giving up more goals than I thought they would. To mm-hmm. be to be quite honest, uh, we will get Connor Hellebuck in there tonight yep. uh, against uh, Logan Thompson, who will go again. Remember the last time he played Winnipeg, he came up with the two like ten bell saves. I do. So, so there's some some good vibes there. Uh, and and if Winnipeg's giving up more goals than we thought, and Winnipeg's special teams are bottom six in the league right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, the, the the difference between the two special teams units going into this game is night and day. And people love to uh, have some fun with the Vegas power play over the years. Yeah. Uh, it, it's going great. Uh, top 10, uh, I think it's 11th right now. Yeah. Uh, you got the PK is sixth. Uh, if, if there's penalties tonight, just like what happened in Winnipeg when Jonathan Marcheseau and Jack Eichel slammed home goals with great one-timers, Vegas should have an advantage uh, in, in that regard. Well, they should, right? Like the, the, the power play has been converting in big moments. It's been uh, allowing the Golden Knights to keep this point streak alive in certain situations where they necessarily haven't played their best hockey. And I think, you know, with the Winnipeg Jets being unable to and, and really not converting on their man advantages, uh, 
throughout the season. I think that that's an area of focus for the Golden Knights and probably one that Bruce Cassidy was, was trying to hammer in over the last couple of days because you want that to be an impactful thing for you. You want it to be able to take some of the pressure off. So I'll be interested to see how that goes. But for the Golden Knights, top to bottom, they, they're going to have to be better tonight against Winnipeg than certainly they have been over the last couple of games. But I think they will be. I, I like, do too honestly, because, because it's of the, the, the opposition. Yeah. Uh, they, they have history. Mm-hmm. So you're automatically engaged. You just played this team in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah. Uh, and this is a team that is expected to make the playoffs in the Central Division again. So that gets your attention on a couple of different fronts. And when Vegas has gone into a game with uh, the realization that it's going to be a more difficult encounter they've been able to raise the level of, of their game. It's it's not uncommon for teams to play up and down. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uncommon for them to be able to do both at the same time. Like a lot of times you'll be able to play up to an opponent, mm-hmm. but then you stub your toe against the, the other teams, and you don't find ways, to, you more find ways to lose sure. instead of yeah. uh, getting through that. Or you beat up on all the bottom teams, and you don't show Struggle, up yeah. for for the the great teams. Mm-hmm. Vegas is is handling both sides of the equation. They would like to be better as a whole, and and we've heard that from from Bruce Cassidy and a couple of different players uh, talk about that and and uh, and displaying their frustration at not being uh, on top of the game. But to be able to find ways to get points out of both sides mm-hmm. of the the hockey equator, the good teams and the the struggling teams been impressive. Yeah, I mean, I'll take the the ability to play up to your opponent's level or be dragged into a fight against a really good hockey team and then be able to raise the level of your game to where we kind of expect it to be on a night-to-night basis. And I'll also take being able to pull points out of a game where you don't play particularly well against a team that on paper is, is not a team that you should lose to. So I, I look at the Golden Knights through the first 10 games and you love the record. You love where this team is at right now, how it's positioned them and, and, and put them in a really good spot. Uh, and I'm interested to see again tonight against Winnipeg how they raise the level of their game. And it, it's a good tune-up going into Saturday against Colorado because th- these are two opponents, Winnipeg, Colorado. You're going to have to be better in order to win. Well, they, they've really been good against the Central Division. Mm-hmm. 6-0-3 in their last nine Take uh, that. against the, the teams from the other side of the Western Conference. And if you include the postseason, it's 14-3-3, which also also is another cool way of saying they've been dominant uh, against the Central Division. So we'll see if that uh, takes over. I mean, there was a a win against Winnipeg and a series victory against the Edmonton Oilers uh, in in there uh, last year in the playoffs where you had to cross over between the Pacific mm-hmm. and, and the Central Division. So uh, they, they're able to, there's not that big of a difference of a style, but but a slight um, tweak that, that you have to get used to. I think there's more, just many challenges in the Pacific with the the LA Kings, mm-hmm. and the 1-3-1, and mm-hmm. the different uh, defensive alignments. Uh, Seattle is, is a challenge to break through uh, defensively. But the central division uh, is, is no walk in the park, and to have that kind of record head-to-head is is pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, for the Golden Knights, they've been on, you know, it, it, you can call it a heater, but it's been a heater essentially since the All-Star break last year, right? Like, they have come back. 
They finished last season incredibly strong. They were great, obviously, in the postseason. And they're 9-0-1 through their first 10 games here. Like, it has been a run unlike anything we've seen from this team ever. Who's the the best VGK skater uh, well, through 10 I, games? I mean, I keep going back to William Carlson. He's got a seven-game point streak. Seven-game point streak. Be- leads be- best, best streak he's ever been on. Yep. Leads the team right now in scoring. He's got 11 points on the year. Uh, in 10 games, so better than a point a game. right? Consistent. Playing all areas. And playing with different guys, too, right? Yeah. And and I'll also go to when things aren't going well inside of a game, who's the guy that you put up with, you know, Mark Stone and Chandler Stevenson to try to spark something? It's been William Carlson. He's been looked at, I think, in many ways as a fixer uh, in certain aspects. So, to me, it's been William Carlson far I call away. him a leaner. You lean on him. Yeah, that, too. Like that's, you can go the, there. The, the, the coach leans on him yeah. in, in that in, in that regard. Uh, I'm looking for that Ica line mm-hmm. to to break out, and I, and I think now after what we've uh, talked to Bruce about earlier this week, mm-hmm. uh, getting into where you manage the frustration of your individual performance, and and being right on the cusp of of getting things done to uh, with the team record that that's nine zero and one and trying to to put those two things in perspective, uh, one, the Jack Eichel side has to has to break out. Mm-hmm. Like he was, I said after five games, there was the it was the least amount of points he could have recorded. Sure, yeah, easily, yeah, because uh, of the chances that he's that he's had. Uh, I don't think the chances have been there as consistent over the last five games. Mm-hmm. But the most recent time out, he had a couple of breakaways, yeah. including the shootout, and and wasn't able to score yeah but you go back a game and he won the game in the shootout right so it's i think players have these expectations that it's all going to just fall in you're you're lighting it up you're nine on one everything's going great Mm. why am i not putting up bigger numbers i think Mm. that's a little bit at play in this with the eichel and marcia and barbershev line uh i don't think that they've been bad i think they've been uh unable to take advantage of opportunities and maybe it's either the power play that gets going against winnipeg like it did last time or it's just uh simply five on five where they get some puck luck yeah i think i think you know you can look at both aspects right you'd love to see them come through on the power play uh but maybe even for me i I think i want to see it a little bit more five on five like i want to see jack eichel uh, have one of those games where everything that he is doing, all the chances that he's creating, all the opportunities he's throwing to the net, just find a way to go in, right? Mm-hmm. Because I, I think Jack's created quite a bit early on, and it just feels like if he has one of those games where he pots a couple of points, maybe a couple goals, whatever it might be, that's kind of the thing that, that breaks for him, and all of a sudden we're talking about a, a multi-game point streak for Jack Eichel like what we were talking about a couple of weeks ago he was on the cusp of breaking out I just think he needs a game where it goes right for him it's it's fitting that Winnipeg is here because Mm -hmm. the last time that I saw Jack sort of in this state Mm -hmm. and in the room today I didn't I didn't even go over and talk to him he doesn't need to 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 see me (laughs) but he's he's not he's not walking on air right now yeah the last time before this was after game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs last year Mm -hmm. against Winnipeg Mm -hmm. when they didn't win and there was so much focus on Jack being his first time in the Stanley Cup playoffs and it was a uh, it was an initiation to to that 
to that process. Yeah. And and he had some chances, and he and I actually had a really big long talk, not on air, not mm-hmm. no microphones, just just a talk, and he just vented, and, and it could have been it could have been Gary there, it could have been Shane, it could have been J Dub, it it could have been anybody yeah. sitting there. Not that I was any special in in the regard. He just talked. Yeah about uh, the, the frustration and what he'd gone through, and then went out and was, was great. Yeah. Uh, William Carlson scored the first goals of the playoffs, but, uh, but, but Jack started off and then was a, was a consummate contender. I think maybe that there's some, some good vibes or you, we can tie those two things together, Winnipeg then, Winnipeg now, mm-hmm. and Jack just uh, squeezing it a little bit and maybe something uh, breaks through because, I, I, again, I, I think it's, it's close. I do. I, I just hope that he doesn't get to the point where frustration really begins to to bother him because again the the team record mm-hmm. is 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 right there yeah yeah i mean you'll take the team record all day long but we know jack and the expectations that he puts on himself right we know what he wants to do and how he wants to play and what he wants to accomplish mm-hmm. so um yeah I, I mean there's a fine line there because you're you're generating chances you're creating opportunities it's not falling for you the way that you'd like it to but you want uh, to contribute more it becomes difficult to not get discouraged by mm-hmm. that so i think absolutely jack could use a, a game uh, whether it's tonight or, or whenever where he just breaks out three four five point night be great Nobody in Toronto knows these two teams better than John Shannon, the Mm. former executive producer of Hockey Night in Canada, regular on the VGK Insider Show. We'll stop by and chat with us on Fox Sports Las Vegas. I'm Guy Lafleur. I'm Daryl Sittler. I use a Daryl Sittler hockey stick. I use a Daryl Sittler hockey stick. Cut! Take two. I'm Guy Lafleur. I'm Daryl Sittler. And I use a Daryl Sittler hockey stick. I use Guy Lafleur hockey stick. He used to have the most important job in Canada. Now he's willing to give us a few minutes. It's time to chat with John Shannon. Shanny. Shanny. Hold on, I'm listening. I know. <laughs> I, I, I was listening to the music. I was I was trying to to hold off as long as I could, but that's not the Hockey Night in Canada music anymore. But it it was when you were there. What, when you hear that theme, what 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 runs through your bones? Oh, are you, see, now there are two versions of that song. One was the opening of the show, and the one that you played uh, there was the closing credit. That was what we did the, the closing credits over, and that's when you know I used to put my name up, and then my mom would yell, "Why didn't I put my name up first? And I said, "No, it's important <laughs> to be the last one in the name of the credit roll." So, I, when I hear that music, you know, I think of my mom. Wow. Hmm. Now, why why were there two different uh, takes of it, or, or what was the difference between the cuts? Well, I don't. I, I think it was the same piece of music that was written in the late '60s, uh, Darren, but. Uh, obviously, the the opening minute was what everybody remembered as the famous Hockey Night in Canada theme, and then the the the, the melody in the middle was what you played was what we used at the end of the show. It's like an anthem in Canada, isn't it? Oh, it, well, and and uh, it, it's it's still on the air. TSN actually got in. Believe it or not, uh, it they got into a bidding war over the music, and yeah. TSN the. Uh, Canadian version of ESPN uh, bought the music outright for upwards of two to three million dollars, so they could have it on their hockey shows. Uh, it hasn't had the same feel because 
TSN doesn't have national games anymore, and it's not on Saturday nights, but it's still special when I hear it. The guy at TSN that bought that music, was that the same guy that made me dye my white streak? No. Oh, no, was it? it was the okay. same guy that fired me. Oh, okay. I, I, we're not naming either guy, but I was no. just—I was just curious. So, no. that's, <laughs> so what, I could, that's what I when, when I wrote the, when I wrote my book there, and anybody I really hated, I didn't put their name in. <laughs> I talked to Kipper today. We had a great conversation about the the neck protection, along with uh, some of the Ottawa stuff on the trip podcast. But we did uh, we did talk about books, and he said because McLean's got one, you've got one, he's got one. He's like Mallard, when are you going to do a book? I yeah. said, uh, it'll be at the very end, and it won't be pretty for any of you. Well, no, that's not true. <laughs> you loved us all, you know, well, other than when you used to sulk on the air. It was great. I know. I, I, I had little uh, <laughs> no, Ryan, no, Ryan, he used to sulk. When, Can, he, when, when somebody disagreed with, with, with Darren on, the, on our old noon show, yeah. he would cross his arms and sit there for 17 minutes. That's amazing. Wow. It was a little deeper than that. How much deeper? It not was much. A, <laughs> there was other issues at play. We spent a little too much time with each other. Not with you. You you were great. You like you were in and out. But the 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 other three. Oh, the other two guys. Yeah. Yeah. It was nuts. It was crazy. I, I, it I had crazy. a good, a solid foundation uh, on on which to scream and yell for my pulpit. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, and the, you know what the good thing is. You know what the, the the funny thing is. We've all survived, and we're all doing. Yeah. Exactly. Hey, um, how was your summer? Like, uh, what's what's the latest in John Shannon's world? We haven't talked to you since the Stanley Cup final last year. Is the party over yet? Uh, no, some Not people really. are still going. Yeah, I know, I know. I, and nine zero and one is still going. <laughs> I, 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 did, I did send George and Kelly a note the day before the cup uh, or before the season started, saying, "Okay, stop party, and now you have to get back to work." <laughs> they didn't really respond to that, but it it, it, it has. Uh, oh, it was a great summer. You know, lots of stuff, lots of golf, lots of good weather. You know, it was fantastic. Did I hear that you had a hole-in-one? Yes, sir, I did. I hit a hole-in-one from 140 yards on a par 3 16th hole at a neighborhood golf course. And uh, as I explained it to people, it's kind of like New Year's Eve. You get to midnight, it ends, and there's nothing else that happens. You know, it, you know and, and the only difference is, is that when you hit a hole-in-one, there's no sound. Oh yeah, there's no, no big no. fireworks or anything like that. No. Were you with any? Should have been fireworks. Were you with any <laughs> uh, like NHL superstars? Because you're always hanging out with with big names. No, I was with TV guys. Oh, well, they they think they're big names. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> um, where do you put this early season between Vegas and Boston, Dallas off to great starts? Uh, we've certainly seen uh, some. Uh, charges from the New York Rangers, which uh, have been flying. Is it that wide open, or do you think that a couple of these teams are just off to positive beginnings? Well, I, I think that when you look at both Vegas and Boston, I think we're all amazed uh, because after great seasons, and let's face it, Boston had the greatest regular season of all time, and Vegas had one of the greatest playoffs of all time you don't expect them to play at that level right away um particularly vegas who in their in the and they had every right to do had a great time with the stanley cup a great time and good for them 
And, and I don't know how you could shoot with that damn ring on anyway, but that's another story <laughs> for another day. Um, so I, I don't. the fact that it has continued, I think, truly is one of the great stories of, of, of National Hockey League lore. I think when people look back, they'll say, well, yeah, they won the Cup, but, you know, look how they maintained it for at least one month. And I see no reason why it can't continue the way this team plays. Um, and in fact, I, I would tell you, and I, maybe Bruce Cassidy will tell you one day when he's talking to you, we really haven't played that well. You know, the other night, you know, against Montreal, I, I thought for the second half of the game, Montreal was the better team, but Vegas is able to pull out a victory. That's what good teams do. Boston, in a similar manner, I think that when you look at all the injuries and suspensions Boston had already, the fact that you know only the uh, the Ducks have gone in there and with a strange come-from-behind victory, uh, beating the Bruins is, is truly amazing. And, and really, you actually mentioned the other team that could r- probably get a little more notice, and that's the New York Rangers. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, they're 7-2, and two, but look where they've done it. They've done it on the road. Uh, they had this giant Western road tripper already, and they just didn't seem to panic at any point. You know, the game in Vancouver, they were down, didn't panic, came back and won. Same thing in Winnipeg. Uh, that, to me, was pretty darn impressive, the way they were able to just maintain it, stick with it, get the goal, and then win in overtime. Yeah, the, the Winnipeg game, finishing off the five-game road trip the way they did, that had all the earmarkings of just mail it in and get home and have a successful road trip, and, and they played hard. Exactly. No, I, exactly right. And you know, you have to think they did it for Blake Wheeler, who who is playing his first game back there uh, after all those years in Winnipeg. But at the same time, they were they were just unbelievable and thorough in beating the Jets. You know, John, I, I, we, we've talked quite a bit here about teams that have gotten off to great starts. What about some teams that that are not off to great starts? You can go Calgary, you can go Edmonton, you can go Pittsburgh. Which of of those three have have kind of surprised you the most? Well, I think the Edmonton one surprises me the most, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, uh, Calgary, I did not expect to be very good this year. I didn't expect him to be this bad yet. I, I thought Jonathan Huberdeau would be better than he's been. He hasn't been very good. Um, I thought that Nas Kadri would be better than he has. He played better against Dallas last night, but you know what? Still something missing there. I feel so bad for Ryan Huska, who, you know, we always talk about good people in hockey. Ryan Huska truly is one of the good guys in the game, and he's just, he's having a tough time, and I, I feel, I really feel for him. Edmonton, you know, with the promises of cup or bust, uh, with the way they finished against the Golden Knights and the frustration they showed against in losing to Vegas, with the summer they had of preparation, they probably had more skates than any other team in the league between skates here in Toronto and then a full month in Edmonton before camp started. Uh, I think that they're in shock that they haven't played very well, and I think that's half their issue. So we'll see what, we'll see what happens in the next little while. They have Dallas at home tonight, so it will be fascinating to see what they're able to do against the Stars after the Stars are playing two games in two days. Uh, and then been- Pittsburgh's, a, you know, Pittsburgh's a, the funny one for me in many ways because Kyle Dubas went in there and gave the veterans a chance to one more time to win. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it hasn't worked out very well. Uh, and you wonder if there's going to be somebody that's sacrificed 
in order to try to right the ship in Pittsburgh. I, I don't know whether that's a coach, and I'm not suggesting Mike Sullivan is in trouble at all. I don't know if that's a coach or is that a player, and at which point does Kyle Dubas start to put his imprint on this team other than the Eric Carlson trade? What? Kyle Dubas is in where, Pittsburgh? Yeah, I, I know news travels slow to no, Vegas no. sometimes. I, last I heard, Kyle was like, if he didn't work in Toronto, he wasn't gonna, he wasn't gonna go anywhere. Yeah, well, I tell you what, when 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 the Penguins come to Vegas, you just may, walk up to him and ask him that one. See how yeah. that goes. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, I, I, I did like his job search for the uh, for the GM. Uh, that was that was good. Uh, yeah. I think I'll oh, hire yeah. myself. Oh yeah, that's well, you know, we've seen that before in. Yep. Uh, in many places, we saw that with the NHL Players Association when the guy heading the search committee was Don Fear and he hired himself. Yep. You know, we've 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 seen that a few other uh, a few other occurrences. And uh, by the way, it wouldn't surprise me that if we see that same type of search in Ottawa uh, for the next general manager when the interim tag gets removed from Steve Stales' position. I'm with you on that. Uh, what did you think of Michael Anlauer's comments not being? briefed by the National Hockey League regarding a potential loss of a first-round pick uh, during his negotiations to buy the team, and perhaps he uh, overpaid as a result of it. Well, okay. First of all, uh, Michael Andlauer can run for mayor of Ottawa now because everybody loves him. He (laughs) fought for Ottawa. Great. Um, So if the decision was, say, last summer, uh, if Gary Bettman had written the 73 pages, this is a 73-page report. I, I haven't written a seventy-three page report in my life. No, your, your 70, book, your book know, was yeah, seventy-seven. Was, yeah, seventy-three pages on on a on a on a trade. Unbelievable. Uh, but I, I, what I do think is that I think Andlauer expected more information from the people he bought the team from. He didn't buy the team from the NHL. The NHL probably had no right to tell him what was going on at that point. That was something that had to come from the stewardship of the people owning the team at the time. And they actually, and Michael said this in the press conference, they downplayed it. Mm-hmm. Now let me ask you this. If the, uh, if, if the uh, ruling had come down before Ann Lauer bought the team, would he have not purchased the team? Of course, of course he, he would have. have. Yes. What, for a discount of another a million dollars? Or what, what, would it, what would it have taken? In the end, the penalty is the penalty. And, you know, suck it up. And really, in many ways, what I think the penalty, and it was so severe, was it didn't affect just one club. It didn't affect the Ottawa Senators. It affected three. Mm-hmm. And, and the NHL's job in all of this is to be the, the referee amongst the clubs and to create a level playing field. And what the Senators did, allegedly, was not tell the truth about what was going on and therefore impacted what the Golden Knights did and impacted what the Ducks were trying to do. And that is amongst partners, amongst 32 partners in the league, that might be one of the worst things you can do to your business partners in the NHL. I don't think it's allegedly anymore. I, I know, but I don't, I don't want to be sued, and I don't want the radio station sued, and I don't want you to be sued. <laughs> Well, thank you. Looking for out for you. Thank you. Well, they're not getting anything out of me. <laughs> I put all my stuff offshore. I make three hundred fifty grand off this job, and every cent of it goes offshore. Offshore is like is that offshore? Does that mean it goes to PEI or what? 
Uh, no, that's uh, that's that's, that's just straight. It is, it is, but it's not far <laughs> enough offshore. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Yeah. Now that we've built a bridge, it's not that far. <laughs> John Shannon's with us on the VGK Insider Show. Boy, it's nice to have you back, buddy. Well, you know, I missed you guys. You know, and, and there's a couple people I, I, I see on social media that they enjoy my, my 15 minutes of fame in Vegas, mm-hmm. and uh, I like being on in Vegas. You're beloved by everybody that listens to this show. Uh, I ha- I love having you on because then I get pouty Darren Millard stories. I- I'm always a fan of those. Uh, Vancouver, 6-2-1 and one through the first nine games. I- are the Vancouver Canucks, and-, and I know it's a small sample size, but like, are they for real? Are-, are they as good as their record early on seems to indicate they might be? Well, you know what? When, when teams play bad, they say, you know what, Ryan, it's early. Mm-hmm. When teams play well, I think you can say the same thing. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I think it's too early to say the Canucks are for real. Uh, I'm not sure if they've felt any adversity yet. The one thing I can tell you is their biggest issue last year was, you know, goaltending and defense. And Rick Tockett and Adam Foote have done a solid job at getting rid of that goal differential as bad as it was last year. Uh, they're playing much more responsibly in their own zone. Thatcher Demko is twice the goalie he was last year because he's finally healthy again. So there's lots of positives. And, 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 and Vancouver always could score, right? They could always score. Pedersen is really good. J.T. Miller, uh, as edgy as he is, can really put the puck in the net. And they've got a few guys that have uh, been difference makers. So goal scoring wasn't the issue. Keeping the puck out of your own net was, and they have seemed to have fixed that. Rick Tockett has done a really good job uh, and creating some accountability on this team. Um, so um, I, I'm, as much as I'm reluctant to say they're, they're, they're going to be like this all season because I don't think anybody can, mm-hmm. uh, it's certainly pointing in the right direction. He benched J.T. Miller the other night. In, yeah, in and the then Miller the comes back in the next period and scores. Yeah. yeah no, he... you know, but, I, but, but, but listen, if Rick Tockett benches you, I mean, I'm scared. No, you're right because uh, that that is sort of the path I was going to go down in the in the previous regime. And I love Gabby Bruce Boudreau. I'm not sure that that JT Miller had enough respect for for Bruce to to listen to him and take it to heart. Whereas in this situation, he he did. Well, I mean, it, it, it's one of those scenarios that I think that you know coaches that believe in themselves have the opportunity to put their own system in place um, and, and really in, in many ways have nothing to lose. Because, I mean, Rick Tockett has nothing to lose by doing it other than his own way. Do it his own way. You know, if he, by the way, if, 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 he, if he does get dismissed or loses his job, he's going to be back on television making a million and a half bucks. Not a bad life. Mm-hmm. Don't have to worry about wins and losses. So there's a, a level of confidence that comes, I think, with a person who's, you know, settled in their life. And I, I see Rick Tockett very much more settled in his life now than he was in Arizona or he was when he, you know, replaced Barry Melrose in, in Tampa for that short period of time. He's, he really believes in himself, and, he, and, and he's now at a point in his life where he says, well, I'm going to do it my way, and if I don't do it my way, tough. I'm just going to do it my way, and you guys have to, have to tag along. And, and then he has a resume. Um, and, a, and a physical stature that you you have to believe in them. That that, that and I think that's that's part of it. So they've done the right thing in um, 
in Vancouver. And, and when you when you look at how he took over, and everybody was saying it's not fair to Bruce, and you know Bruce shouldn't have been dismissed when he was. It's proving to be a pretty wise move to have made the change in Vancouver when they did, so that Tockett could get a feel for the roster. Tockett could then go and talk to Patrick Alvine and Jim Rutherford and say, "Here's what we need to do. Here's what I want to do." And then the three of them would come up with an agreement that obviously that management and coaching staff have, have some level of a, of a positive arrangement to how things have to improve, and they have. Yeah, talk to Rick about that uh, going into the summer, about different things that they, they were going to have to do or going to try to do, and it was, it was an aggressive list uh, from the head coach. And I, I just didn't like the way they handled the Gabby thing at the end. I understand coaches have to go, but they, it was just it was painful and left them waffling in the wind. Now, how old were you when you decided? Hey, I'm going to do it my way. Were you were you six yet, or were you were you seven? <laughs> See, that's so unfair. <laughs> I, am, I am such a giving person, mild mannered. You are, but the answer is twenty one. Really. <laughs> <laughs> didn't care 21 uh plug your podcast because uh bob account podcast yep. uh we're on everyday weekdays uh on uh any of your favorite podcast platforms uh next week is uh hockey hall of fame week for us so uh, we're going to have a, a couple of uh, pretty good guests including mike vernon who's going to the hockey hall of fame uh, on the 13th of november and uh we might even have another couple of goalies going uh, and we might have a couple of goalies on the show too so Sounds great. Uh, you're the best, buddy. Uh, I'd hug you if you were right here. Oh, that, that, all the more reason to be on the phone. <laughs> uh, hey, by, and by the way, hello, George. How are you? I hope you're having a good time. <laughs> he listens all the time. He and I talk about you uh, every chance we get. Uh, thanks, John. Appreciate it. Cheers, boys. John Shannon with us, the former executive producer of Hockey Night Canada, two-time executive producer. Going back to the music at the very start of the show, mm-hmm. that does give me goosebumps. That that yeah. takes me back to so many memories. Not one in particular, just a, a memory of of life, if that makes sense. Um, it, to a degree, I, I do. Not from your perspective, but I, I do remember being a kid in the States loving hockey and watching Hockey Night in Canada every single Saturday. So uh, I to a degree, I get you, but not to not to the same level. And it's not the glitz and the glamour of uh, Sunday night football, Monday night football, mm-hmm. the 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 anthems with the the great artists uh, come on and, yeah. and do the videos. It was just music, baby. Yeah, it was, and you knew exactly what you were getting yourself into for the next uh, six or so hours. So, and our heroes would come on, whether it's Dave Hodge or Ron, and then get us to Bob Cole, and away we go. The VGK Insider Show continues from Section 104 ahead of the Winnipeg Jets and the Vegas Golden Knights on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Paul Cotter bringing us back as we get set for the Winnipeg Jets and the Vegas Golden Knights. Game 11 of the National Hockey League season. Paul Cotter skating with Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone, and you have the forward line's uh, status quo. On defense, there will be a change as Nick Haig will miss tonight's game, mm-hmm. his first uh, absence from the lineup this year. We're 11 games in, yep, and I think Theodore and McNabb are the only two defensemen that have played every game. Sounds accurate. And you would look at that and go, boy, they, they've got the injury bug going again. Uh-huh. They're having troubles in the back end with yeah. their top six, which is such a dominant force last year mm-hmm. when those six or Hutton uh, were, were in the lineup. And they've had challenges, mm-hmm. but they've 
been able to get 19 out of 20 points, a, a 9.50 save percentage, yeah, or a I, point percentage. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really it's interesting, right? Because, you know, you go back to last year in the 13-2 and two start, you attribute that in large part to the Golden Knights having their top six defensemen in the lineup every single night, contributing and, and doing what you kind of hoped and expected that they would do. And this year it's a very different scenario in that you've had to rely on and bring in some younger pieces in Braden Pahal and Caden Korzak and Ben Hutton um, to kind of fill in the gaps with some of your you know, some of your best defensemen out of the lineup. So the Golden Knights have been able to to get to a 9-0-1 record in spite of the fact that they haven't been able to dress their full uh, top six defensemen yet in a game. That's pretty remarkable. Haven't had an update on Zach Whitecloud in a bit, but mm-hmm. there's uh, we're entering that window, right? Feels like it. You should be able to uh, have some kind of timeline on his return. Don't know how long Nick Hag is going to be out in the lineup. I don't even know when he got banged up, but he got uh, tripped up in the second period the other night mm-hmm. and went down hard. Yeah. Uh, that was right before the Chandler Stevenson rush and the goal by Will Carrier, I think, uh, yeah. right, right in that. And Aiden Hill uh, got uh, bumped over too. But I, I don't know whether that was the case. It just the big man went down hard. Yeah, yeah, and that that's notable because we don't often see Nick Hague go down uh, in, in those situations. But, uh, you know, for, for me, it's just it's about when you're able to get him back and when you're able to get him back fully healthy. The uh, other side of it, Paul Cotter, uh, he brought us back from break. 37 hits this year. Yeah. He love leads it. the National Hockey League in hits. I love it. I, I think that's the kind of player he has to be to be incredibly successful in the National Hockey League. I really do. He's and a strong guy, too. He is. He's he's built uh, a little bit differently. He's, he's a strong guy. He can go in and separate a player from the puck. He can also lay a really big hit that can change momentum. So uh, the more physically he can play, the better. I like it when he gets, not pouty, when he gets angry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he gets sour. When he knows things aren't quite going right. And he goes out and says, I'm going to change it all in one shift. Not not by trying some great move, yeah. but, but just getting physical. Yeah, playing angry. But you can see it in him. Oh, yeah, uh, absolutely. Like, almost like, oh, here he comes off the bench. Yeah. No, he's, looking, he's looking to do something here. Bruce Cassidy coming up, plus one-timers news notes from around the National Hockey League as we bring you our number two of the BGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Stay with us from T-Mobile Arena ahead of the Winnipeg Jets and the Vegas Golden Knights.